0: She's passionate about the truth of God's Word, and will tell you like it is. Autumn Miles is best-selling author of three books, popular speaker, CEO, wife of 17 years, and mom of four kids, and not to mention, everybody's best friend. With fresh biblical insight, she dares you to step out in raw faith. Hey,
1: hey, guys. It's your girl, Autumn Miles. Welcome to my most favorite test ever time of the year. Oh my goodness. Is there anything better than Christmas time? I just, I literally, I don't think there is. I don't think there is. I love fall a lot. I love my October a lot, but there is just nothing like Christmas time. And you guys, let me tell you, there is nothing I love to do more than to teach about the Christmas story. So we're about to go there with the wise man here in just a second. And hopefully this message will encourage you. The whole message is going to be this. Are you looking for Jesus, but you can't find him? That's what we're going to talk about today after the break. Merry Christmas to you. I'm going to be saying a lot of Merry Christmases in in the next few weeks because I love it. And because we all need a little merriness in our life right now, don't we all? We always do. I always love to really go all out for Christmas. Uh, so I'll be saying that a lot. So uh, I want to get directly into my monologue because it's 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 a doozy, you guys. So last week I told you that Haven has uh, <laughs> she has a naughty and a nice list up on her wall. Update. It's still there. She has not moved it. (laughs) I went and checked last night when I put her to bed, and yep, it's still there. The numbers of listed people are growing on both sides. (laughs) Some of them are moving from the nice list to the naughty list. I I think it's going to be a running list until either I take it down or who knows. It might be up there forever. I don't know. But we had a very interesting thing happen on Friday. Okay. Now, Friday after Thanksgiving, we ventured to the mall. Yes, we did. My family, we ain't afraid of a crowd. Do you know what I'm saying? Like, we come ready. I wear my tennis shoes. I, I, you know, I have my crossbody bag. Like I'm not trying to tote around no 20 pound handbag on Black Friday. Like it's not happening. So the way our cars are structured right now, we, because my daughter just got her license and she has her own car. We don't have like a car that holds all of us. Side note, if you have more than three children, you're never going to fit in a small car ever again for the rest of your life. So we drive two cars basically everywhere when we're together. And that doesn't happen a ton because Grace typically meets us places because she can drive. So Black Friday, we're walking into the mall. You know, we're waiting for Eddie and Jude and Moses and Haven, who all chose to ride with her father. And Grace and I are standing outside and we're like looking, we're talking about the sales that we want to look at and all that kind of stuff. And I see from a distance Haven running up to me, like running on the sidewalk to come to me crying. And she's saying something. And I'm like, what is actually happening here? Okay. Uh, She's very upset. I have no idea why. You know, you never know when they're six. I mean, they could be upset for for anything. Like, you know, I don't know. Moses could have touched her that we're in that phase. Moses touched me. And, you know, so you just never know. But she came up and she's like, mom, Jude called Santa Claus and put me on the naughty list. And I was like, what? He did what? Well, come to find out she was misbehaving a little bit in the car. And Jude said, I'm going to call Santa Claus. Well, apparently I was not there, but this is how the story goes. He downloaded an app where you can put in the child's name. And then you can add them in the app on the naughty or nice list. And then the app, which is supposedly representing Santa Claus, will call you. Your phone will ring. It sounds as if Santa is on the other line. And there are voice prompts, so you can, it sounds as if you're having an interactive conversation with Santa, okay? Now, because she was misbehaving, this is what Jude thought he would do, and it worked. I mean, she was, he, he got what she thought was Santa on the phone. He talked to Santa about her behavior. He said she was not being good. And it actually, I guess, adds them to the naughty list. I don't really know. So she was devastated when she saw me. And I'm like, oh, my goodness. What are you doing? Why would you do this? The rest of the day, every time in the mall, we would see a Santa Claus. Even the one that, like, you visit in the mall, like, with your kids she would give them a dirty look like every santa like a picture of santa like like a santa figurine like she was just give santa a dirty look and i'm like what the heck is going on here so i know the app terrified her well that night she goes to bed and she comes in my room and she is like talking about santa claus i'm so terrified of Santa Claus. Santa Claus put me on the naughty list, all this thing. It was a huge, huge, huge deal. And, um, we're telling her, you know, by the way, if your kids are listening and they believe in Santa Claus, please turn off the podcast and come back to it. I'll give you a second. One, two, Three. Okay. It got so bad that we were telling her, listen, Santa is not real. Santa died because <laughs> Saint Nicholas actually did die. That he he gained sainthood. Saint Saint Nicholas was actually a person, but he died. We, it got so bad. She kept coming in her room after we put her to bed like five or six times because she was terrified of Santa Claus because my son validated somewhere in her mind that Santa Claus was real because she heard his, his voice speaking over the telephone and putting her on the naughty list. It was a whole thing, you guys. My husband and I were like, what in the world is happening? And then she came in and she's like, you know that song? And I'm like, what song? This is like the fifth time she's come in our room on Friday night. He sees you when you're sleeping. He knows when you're awake. And we're like, yes, we know that song. She said, she said, does he really see me when I'm sleeping? Does he know when I'm actually awake? And my husband and I are literally at our wits end. And I wish this app was not a thing. And I don't have any idea why anyone thought this was a good idea. So we ended up having to call my son Jude and say, you terrified your sister. Congratulations. And he ended up talking to her on the phone and said, this is an app. It was not funny. It was not a funny joke. (laughs) But I will also say this. She now has total fear of Santa Claus. And Moses, our son, hates the elf on the shelf because of the same reason. Because you never know where the elf on the shelf is. (laughs) He thinks that the elf on the shelf is watching him while he sleeps so you know all in all we're having a merry christmas over here (laughs) moral of the story don't download this app it you have no idea what it's going to do to your child and you know uh you're going to have to talk your child off a ledge because of this stupid app anyway that's what's happening in my world we are going to talk about the christmas story at least we're going to talk about the wise men right after the break do not go anywhere
0: we'll be back with more from autumn right after this
2: are you looking for a passionate speaker for your
0: next conference church
2: function or fundraiser autumn miles is the right fit for you as the founder of the autumn miles ministry a live event ministry autumn has not only spoken at events around the country she has planned and directed them Autumn is a survivor of domestic abuse and she is passionate about educating the church on how to effectively assist victims. Her message of hope and healing has been shared on the big stage internationally. Autumn is devoted to spiritually challenging people to draw closer to God. She is a passionate advocate for the word of God, women, domestic violence victims, and adoption. To find out how you can book Autumn for your next speaking engagement, go to autumnmiles.com. Once you're there, just search the top of the index for the Invite Autumn tab, click on it, and scroll down for more information. Once again, that's autumnmiles.com.
0: And now back to the Autumn Miles Show. Here's your host, Autumn Miles.
1: Okay, guys, here we go. The Christmas story, 2021. It's going to be awesome. This is for you out there today, okay? You have been looking for Jesus (laughs) and you just can't find him you just can't feel him. You just can't find direction. You just can't find exactly what he wants you to do. This is for you who are searching for Jesus and where he would lead you today. This is for you. I feel like there's a lot of people that fall into this category. And you know, In every season of life, in every year. I mean, there are tons of people I know, because I felt really strongly that I need to do this message today, that are in a crossroads, okay? do I date this person? Do I not? Do I marry this person? Do I not? Do we go for a fifth child <laughs> in my family? That's a no. Or do we not? Do we take this job opportunity? Do we move this house? Do we not? And be and, and if we are following the Lord, a lot of times we seek his approval for those things. Okay. Whether it's an answer, whether it's direction, whether it's healing, whether it's a breakthrough, whatever it is. So this is what this is for you today. I think this is going to encourage you so much based on the Christmas story. This is not a new thing. Okay. I want you to hear me say this and I'm getting real excited because I got my hands up on my, my desk over here. I want you to understand this. You are not alone. You are not alone in your searching. It is okay to search. You are not lost in your searching. You are not less spiritual than you think in your searching. This is in scripture. It is one of the very first introductions we get to Jesus. Okay. There were people that were searching for him. So I feel like one of the things I like to do with the Christmas story is because we have read it so many, um, I don't even know. We've lots and lots of times, especially in my family. Sometimes we become numb to the narrative And what I want to do in these next few weeks is I want this narrative of the Christmas story and everything you have heard that is normal to you, that has lost its luster to you about the Christmas story. I want it to come alive. I want to make this story that maybe you've heard a hundred times growing up. I want it. I want to make it relevant to you today. And that's what we're going to do right now. But this is for you who feel like you're searching and you just can't find Jesus. Maybe you feel like he's hidden. Maybe you feel like he's far away. You just can't seem to find what you're looking for in Jesus. This is going to encourage you today. I want to go directly, directly to my passage, which is in Matthew 2. Okay, Now, after Jesus, Matthew 2, we're going to go 1 through 12, I think, unless I want to pick up another verse or two. Now, after Jesus was born in Bethlehem, after Jesus was born in Bethlehem, after Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea, in the days of Herod the king, magi from the east arrived in Jerusalem. Where did they arrive? They arrived in Jerusalem saying, Where is he? Where is he? Where is he? (laughs) Where are you, Lord? We're here. We're looking, but where are you? We're going to come back to that. Where is he who has been born king of the Jews? For we saw his star in the east. And have come to worship him. When Herod the king heard this, he was troubled, and all Jerusalem with him. Gathering together all the chief priests and scribes of the people, he inquired of them where the Messiah was to be born. They said to him in Bethlehem of Judea, For this is what has been written by the prophets, and you, Bethlehem, land of Judah, are by no means least among the leaders of Judah, for out of you shall come forth a ruler who will shepherd my people Israel. I could go back to that as well. And you, insert your name, are by no means the least among the leaders of Judah, for out of you shall come forth a ruler. I wonder today if you guys are uh, thinking, man, I'm the least. (laughs) I don't have experience. I don't have, you know, the connections. I don't have the money. I'm the least. Guess what? So was Bethlehem. And what did Bethlehem bring forth? The Messiah came out of Bethlehem. There are things in you that God wants to bring out of you that literally can and will change the world. If you listen to his leading, you are by no means the least, just like Bethlehem. Okay, moving on. Then Herod secretly called the Magi and determined from them the exact time the star appeared. And he sent them to Bethlehem and said, go search carefully, for the child and when you have found him report to me so that i too may come and worship him and after hearing the king they went their way and the star which they had seen in the east went on before him until it came and stood over the place where the child was when they saw the star they rejoiced exceedingly with great joy after coming into the house they saw the child with mary his mother and they fell to the ground and worshipped him. Then, opening their treasures, now this is the part that's in every nativity scene ever of all time, they opened their treasures, they presented to him gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh, and having been warned by God in a dream not to return to Herod, the Magi left for their own country by another Oh, they didn't go back the same way. They went back another way. Now, listen, I have been dying to preach this to you guys the whole entire week. The Magi story, I, I kind of get frustrated because the Magi story, all we see in the nativity is them showing up with gold, frankincense, and myrrh with crowns on their head, okay? That's all we see. And we take that for face value in Christian culture. Oh, the Magi, they just came. They they searched for Jesus. But if you were to look beyond the pages of the obvious nativity, you would see such rich depth that is encapsulated in these. 12 verses, you guys. The Magi, they were literally probably kings, okay? They were rich, clearly. They had the means to travel across the country. And they also were probably Jews. And why I know this is because they knew where the king of the Jews should be. The king of the Jews, the Messiah, should be in the capital city, Jerusalem. That's where the king of the Jews, the obvious place that the king of the Jews should be, okay? So when we, the very first and second verse of the wise men, no, the very first verse, I'm sorry, Matthew 2, 1, we see them arriving in the obvious place, which was the capital city of the Jews, Jerusalem. Now, this is where I wanted to hit you first. The obvious place where the Messiah should have been is not where the Messiah was. The obvious place was Jerusalem, but that's not where he was located. There was a king in Jerusalem, but he was not the king of the Jews. Now, he might have seemed like the king of the Jews, Herod, but he was not the Messiah. I think this point alone, when I started actually dissecting the narrative of the wise men, hit me so hard we go to church and we want the pastor to give us a word every single week. And we, sometimes we go to church and we're in in desperate need. And sometimes the Lord meets us right there and we get a revelation and you know, it's exactly what we need. But sometimes we go searching in the obvious place, which is Sunday morning, which is the obvious, or the obvious place, which is your small group or the obvious place, which is maybe a trusted mentor. And we don't, get what we need. We are looking for Jesus in a place where he isn't located because he wants you to search a little bit more. I love that the wise men went to Jerusalem because it was obvious. How much do we miss The things, the wealth, the wisdom, the um, direction, the provision of Jesus, because we are looking for Jesus in the obvious yet wrong place. If you can't find him from a message from your pastor at church, now listen, I love my pastor. He is absolutely amazing. But sometimes I go and Jesus says, yes, this is a great message just directly from my word. But for your situation, I want you to seek me a little bit harder. I want to take you a little bit deeper. And this is not where I am. I'm going to lead you by not allowing you to get the revelation in the obvious place. I want you to study more. I want to take you deeper. I want to show you a side of myself that you haven't seen yet. Jesus is not always going to be in the obvious place. I'm sure the wise men were shocked when they showed up and they were like, oh, isn't this Jerusalem? As a matter of fact, I think that's what they said. And the Magi from the east arrived in Jerusalem saying, where is he who has been born? King of the Jews. So for we saw his star in the east and we're here. We're here to worship him. Where's the party? We're here to worship him. I love This line, where is he? Where is he? Clearly, I paused on it earlier, but I think when you show up to a place, when you show up to church or you show up to maybe your quiet time and you're like, God, I I just, you know, none of this is really meeting the direct question that I have or the need that I have, or I I just I don't have direction in the specific area. And you keep showing up to to your obvious place, to your quiet time. You just don't seem to get what you're looking for the wise men showed up to the obvious place and they ask a question where is he and i think sometimes when we can't find the lord our tendency is to give up when uh, God is silencing himself or or their direction is silent, uh, you can't find direction. You can't find provision or you can't find the answer. You can't find whatever. Our tendency is to say, this is too hard. Faith is too hard. I can't find the answer from the Lord. So I'm just going to give up because he must not be listening. That is what Satan wants you to do. But what God is giving you the invitation to do is to ask him, where are you, Lord? Where are you? I'm here, I'm ready for your answer, I'm ready for your provision, but where are you? And most of the time when you can't find it in the obvious place, it's because the Lord wants to take you to a deeper place in him that you have not been yet. I have prayed for years about lots of stuff, okay, lots of stuff. The most recent thing we're praying about, we still haven't announced yet publicly, But the process that my husband and I are in right now has been a three-year process, okay? And it's very interesting that every year (laughs) during this three-year process, (laughs) I found places in in, in my Bible where I have said, Where are you, Lord? Where's your answer, Lord? Where is this, Lord? We think that you have told us to walk in this direction, but we can't find your confirmation, Lord. Where is it, Lord? And now that we are past that three year process and we're kind of moving into the next phases of of what God is asking us to do next with our lives, I'm looking back i've I've done a lot of looking back in november. I've, de- I've I'm doing a lot of looking back in December, and I'm seeing that God was never in the obvious place because He needed to take me deeper because of what He was asking us to take on. If he would have answered me three years ago, he never would have led me on a journey of healing and restoration and revelation, excitement almost, for what is coming. He needed to delay his answer and take me on a journey because other things were more important than his answer. Me, the inside of me, healing things that needed to be healed resting. Certain things were more important than his answer. So I showed up every day. I'm here, Lord. I'm here. Where is the Messiah? I'm here. Not that Jesus didn't meet with me, but he he delayed answering me for specific request because the journey was more important than his answer. Do you understand what I'm saying? that the magi came to Jerusalem and they said where is he where is he where is he and I feel like that's where you are today where is he I know he's here I know you're around I know you have an answer where is he at they were looking in the obvious yet wrong place because God wanted to take them on a journey okay what they said in verse two where is he who has been born king of the jews for we saw his star in the east, and I've come to worship him. I love the whole idea of a star, you know, clearly. The star, you know, it's debated. There's there, A lot of theologians differ on what exactly the star was. So some people think it was a star. Some people think it was the, the lining of a lot of uh, planets. There's There's a lot of debate, and that's for another day. But it led them. It led them. And I think when we are seeking, striving, listening, pressing in, needing revelation from the Lord, that star in our own personal lives is the spirit of the living God, who we have access to because of the cross, the spirit of the living God lives inside of us and leads us and guides us. So and the, so clearly they didn't have the spirit of God living inside of them at this point. Jesus hadn't died on the cross, yet, hadn't resurrected, okay? But they did have a star that was leading them. And I think the star could have very easily gone directly to Bethlehem and it could have stand directly over the child. And, and it does say that the star led them to Jerusalem, but the star could have gone directly over it stood there moved back. but it seems to say they start they saw his star in the east and has come to worship him so listen listen here when you are searching for an answer when you are searching for something from Jesus and you just can't seem to find it you need to continue listening and allowing yourself to be led by the spirit of the living God. He will lead you directly to where you need to be if you do not give up. He will lead you. That's a promise from me to you, because I've lived it for 20 plus years. It might take a while to get where you're going to get where you want to go, to get the answer that you want, to get the direction that you want, to get the details that you want, to get the why behind something that's bothering you, to get the breakthrough that it might take a while. But that star didn't fail the wise men and his spirit is not going to fail you. They went they saw the star in the east. We've come to worship him. When Herod uh, the king heard this, he was troubled and all Jerusalem with him. Gathering together all the chief priests and scribes of the people, he inquired, where the Messiah was to be born. They said to him in Bethlehem of Judea, for this is what has been written by the prophet. Okay, so they go. They go to Jerusalem. They find out. Okay, he's supposed to be uh, born in Bethlehem. He's not. He wasn't born in Jerusalem. He was born in Bethlehem. And so they continue to go on their journey with King Herod's approval. It's just so so incredibly interesting to me that th- this whole king. Herod's scenario, which maybe I'll unpack that another week because I don't have a lot of time to get into it now, but them searching was so that he could derail the whole idea of there being a Messiah. Let me tell you something. Evil will never win, no matter what it concocts as a plan against the Messiah. Evil will never win. Herod thought he had the upper hand when he sent the Magi out to go search for the Christ child in Bethlehem. He thought he had the upper hand, but he didn't because God is always going to intervene when it comes to his way, his plan, and his will. And that's exactly what he did with the wise men. So they're sent out. It was very interesting to me that they were sent out and they had to follow the star. Why? Because the star only shines at night. There was not a star during the daytime. There was a star at nighttime and at nighttime alone. You know, we think of the star, we see the, you know, the pretty picture in the nativity and the, and all the movies and all this kind of stuff. But you realize that they literally couldn't even travel by day. The obvious, time to travel, the safest time to travel, the easiest time to travel at night. You think any of those biblical restaurants were open? You think biblical in and out was open in the middle of the night when the magi were traveling? No, it was not. Okay. Do you think that there was access to, you know, your, your local target superstore to get the Cheetos that you need on the way to Bethlehem? No, No, it was not open. They had to search for a child that was barely born at night. To me, this is profound, beautiful side of the Christmas story that I wish we would talk about more. They had to search at night. And in our lives, a lot of times God will bring storms into our lives. He'll bring a darkness into our lives. He'll bring a problem into our lives. He'll bring a hard situation into our lives. Maybe he'll bring an uh, 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 he'll allow us to go through a season when when we feel like all is dark. But it is in those times that we seek the most. It is in those times that the star shines the brightest, that direction shines the brightest in our lives. I'm telling you what, when there's blessing in our lives, I thank God for the blessing, but I'm not like earnestly dying to know his next move. But when a trial comes, you can bet I am on my knees, I'm getting up, I'm I'm opening my eyes in the middle of the night, I'm begging God for answers. When it seems like night has come in my life, I am looking desperately for that star. And you know what? The Lord leads me every single time based on his spirit, he leads me on a journey. And he always leads me exactly to where he is. The place that seems to be obscure, that seems to be insignificant, that seemed like I would never look there first like the wise men did to Jerusalem. I would never have gone to Bethlehem first. It, was, it seemed to be an insignificant city. But that's where God shows us how good, how specific He is in our lives. The wise men had to search at night because the star was their guide. Keep searching. Do not give up. If the wise men went to Jerusalem and they would have said, oh, well, hmm, no Messiah here. I thought the star was over Jerusalem. Well, hmm, I guess we can turn around and go home. They would have missed The most significant meeting they have ever had in their life. They would have missed being one of the first people to ever meet Jesus Christ. They would have missed the divine appointment that they had, not just to meet Jesus Christ, but also to meet Mary and also to meet Joseph. Uh, If they would have turned around and gone back, they would have risked missing. The most substantial meeting of their lifetime. So many of us get frustrated because we can't seem to find Jesus and he's not in the obvious place and we keep looking and we've looked forever. You know what? They probably traveled about two years is is, to be honest with you. Uh, A lot of people differ differ on the time frame or whatever. We do know it was after Jesus was born, but they probably traveled for, he was probably a toddler when they actually met him, but they would have missed it. If they would have given up and turned around and gone back. You know, another thing that I think is so powerful about this story is Bethlehem is about five miles away from Jerusalem. It's close. It's close. It's really close. If they would have turned around and gone back to where they were from, from the east, we know they're from the east they would have been five miles away from their answer. I can get in the car and drive five miles in about five minutes. Could you imagine being that close to what you're looking for and turning around and leaving? What a waste that would have been. But that's what I think so many of us are doing. We're searching for the Lord. We can't find him. So we give up in a particular situation. We decide to make the decision ourselves. We decide to choose our own direction. We decide to listen to our heart or whatever. And we miss Jesus. But if we just would have searched a little bit longer, we would have found Exactly where he is, Bethlehem, five miles away from Jerusalem, not far. I just this whole piece of the Christmas story, I don't I, I will never read ever for the rest of my life the Bible without studying to me. I just I know i, I I've studied it for so many years. I know there's so much wealth to the stories. I know that God just wouldn't write a Christmas story (laughs) without putting so many good little nuggets in there. I can't read the Christmas story the same that I did 20 years ago because of things like this. This year, I invite you to look at this story like you never have before. Ask the Lord to take you on a journey. Ask the Lord to open up the pages of Scripture to you in a totally brand new way. Ask the Lord to make this story relevant to you. Because I've been the wise man who's been searching, who went to the obvious but wrong place, who felt like it was night and desperately needed the light of the Spirit of God speaking to me. I've been the wise man who's gone to Jerusalem and wanted to give up because I searched for so long and couldn't find my answer, only to find it a short time later because I was so close. I've been the wise man. I am the wise man, the magi, and so are you. Don't give up. Stay the course. Stay the journey. Because I'm telling you what, once you find that stable in Bethlehem, it will be one of the most divine appointments of your life. Ah, love you guys. Okay, catch me after the break. I've got a question from one of you.
0: We'll be back with more from Autumn right after this.
2: What do you do when you can relate more to Jezebel, Rahab, or Eve than Esther or Mary? To her shock, author Autumn Miles discovered most of the heroes of the Bible were plagued with the same problem. They were ordinary people who sinned deeply, but God's love, mercy, and truth proved greater. In her book, I Am Rahab, Autumn provides a better understanding of God with a focus on the breadth of his reach to use and redeem all things for his purposes. You will find comfort in relating to Rahab, the biblical harlot, and to Autumn's own raw story of surviving domestic abuse, and will be encouraged to know you are not alone in a life disrupted by bad choices, nor are you meant to stay there. You can move forward from your past and have an abundant future. To find out how you can get your copy of I Am Rahab, go to autumnmiles.com and click on the Books tab. That's autumnmiles.com.
0: Be sure to follow Autumn on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube. Just search for Autumn Miles in your internet browser. And now, back to the Autumn Miles Show. Here's your host, Autumn Miles. Miles. Hey,
1: Okay guys, I hope that ministered to you. Stay the course. God is taking you on a journey. Stay it. Don't leave that journey. Don't leave the journey, guys. Stay the course. I understand it gets long and it gets hard at times and it gets discouraging. And there are King Herods along the way that want to derail the whole plan. But let me tell you something, it is so worth it. I'm living proof that it's worth it. Okay, here we go. I got a question from Michelle. Hey Michelle, hey girl, hey. How do you handle the topic of Santa? Now, I've really talked about this a lot, but I apparently it's a common question. How do you handle the topic of Santa with your kids? We want our kids to know that God has given us all that we have without ruining the magic of Christmas. What do you suggest? Okay, thank you, Michelle. So so here's the thing. (laughs) In our house, the magic of Christmas is not Santa Claus. The magic of Christmas is the virgin birth of our Savior. We have never glorified Santa. And this is no judgment here. This is just what we do. I'm telling you what we do. Like I Santa Santa's fun. It's really fun. We got the stockings. We got the whole thing. Haven hates Santa. So it'll be an interesting year how this turns out, as I told you in the monologue but we since grace was a baby we have always made sure that we did not send mixed signals christmas is to our family about jesus christ that was has always been the story that is more glorified than anything about santa i think i told you last week and i have said this so many times over the years santa is something that we play but Jesus is the way. The magic of Christmas is not Santa Claus. And I think we all know uh, uh, it's fun. It's very whimsical. It's very fun. But the magic of Christmas is in our home is the birth of Jesus Christ. So even packaging that word magic in a different way in your home is something that that you should consider doing. Yes, Santa's fun. However, this is what it's about. So I I think I said last week, we have a Fisher Price little nativity scene that the kids have played with all week as we've had the christmas lights up and everything and they really really love it and i take like i said last week i take every opportunity to teach them about every aspect of the christmas story if they're carrying around mary i talk about mary if they're carrying around a donkey we talk about the donkey and the stable and the, and the manger and the whole thing it's up to you parents to instruct your children on that's what this this that, one of our one of our callings is to disciple and raise and to teach our children. So it's up to you. i I get really frustrated when um, families leave it up to church. Um church is great. We love church. I'm a church girl. We are like all about it. but our church leaders and our pastors and stuff like that can only do so much. We need to pick up the mantle during the week. Instructing our kids on the mat the true magic of the Christmas story. And let me tell you this, Michelle, it has never diminished the fun in my house ever. When we talk about Jesus and about how he truly is, the way, their eyes light up and they are so amazed at the power of God. It never diminishes the magic of Christmas ever. I think maybe you should revisit what the magic of Christmas is because we always play Santa as well. Okay. That's my two cents about that question. Michelle, God love you. God bless you. Thank you for writing in. I really appreciate it. And thank you guys for listening. It's going to be a fun month. Let me pray for you guys as we end the show today. Lord, we love you today. We thank you, Lord, for the relevance of the word of God. I thank you that whether it's 2021 or whether it's, you know, 1901, Lord, you, you have been relevant for the ages past. You're relevant for the present. You will be relevant for the future. I thank you, Lord, of the genius of your story. I thank you, Lord, that we can come to the pages of scripture and always get fed. In a different way, in the different seasons that we're in. I thank you, Lord, for your word. And Lord, I thank you for each and every person that's listening. I I feel today like we have people listening that are just so struggling. They can't find an answer. They've been praying about the same thing forever. They, they can't find you. They can't find an answer to their, to their prayer request, Lord, or, or to their situation or to their trial or to their problem. Father God, I pray that you would speak directly to them today. I pray that you would remind them that they are on a journey with you and that you are leading them, even if they think that they are not gaining ground or not making progress. I pray that you would encourage them and show them that they are. They actually are with you. The journey is progress. And Lord, I do thank you for this avenue of our ministry, Lord. I thank you, God. I pray that you will continue to bless it. We love that we have the opportunity to do this. We love you in Jesus' name. Amen. Okay, I'll see you next week. Love y'all.
0: Thanks for listening to this edition of the Autumn Miles Show. To find out more, go to autumnmiles.com. There, you can book Autumn for your next speaking engagement. Her inspiring message will be sure to engage and touch the heart of your audience at your next conference, church event, or business function. While you're online, you can find out how to order Autumn's latest book, Gangster Prayer. Our prayer is that this book will lead you to an intentional and passionate prayer life that is in sync with the heart of God. Go to autumnmiles.com to order your copy today. As we close, remember that you can follow Autumn on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. Just search for Autumn Miles in your internet browser. Well, that's all the time we have for today. Be sure to join us next time for another edition of the Autumn Miles Show.